Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You don't have to go anywhere. <laughs> I know it's uncomfortable. Just, just, just keep on coming in. That's right. Now we've got you. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, we hate movies rerun episodes. Everybody, we're doing these. They're fun, right? Yeah, I'm uh, having fun. I, I'm Stephen Sadak. Uh, I, this is my pick. This is my reading rainbow. I'm going to do a re- reading rainbow style. I'm going to p- hold up a book and stare awkwardly. <laughs> The movie I picked is Tough Turf. It's the toughest turf around. <laughs> it's an episode that we did, and Chris Cabin's on it, and it's great. Steve, it sounds like you didn't even listen to this episode. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a super fun one. Uh, it's a movie that I found on Netflix like a year and a half prior, and I remember that there was I was talking this up for months that yeah. they were going to do it, and I was super excited because it it blew me away. I just it was one of those like. What are we gonna watch? What are we gonna watch when when we're making dinner? Kind of movies, and then like uh-huh. dinner just burned because I was like, "Wait, <laughs> this is fantastic!" You put a hole in your kitchen wall because you're watching Tough Turf. I actually worked for a summer at a summer camp. Oh, really? Did you terrifying? Really? Yeah, you know that is terrifying. Yeah, you don't want this guy in power. And <laughs> the guy running the summer camp, Mr. Paul Monez, who played Nick the villain in this movie. Oh shit. <laughs> So I what? actually knew this fellow. I wasn't on the episode. I didn't get to talk about it. There's not much to talk about. But <laughs> What kind I, of a camp counselor boss was he? Uh, very manicured. Oh, yeah. um, uh, he had posters of his movies in his office. Was there a tough turf poster? No. Um, <sighs> he had a poster of a movie called The Beat, I believe, which uh-huh. is something he was more involved in as a writer. He also wrote... Um, Goodwill Hunting. Du- oh no, that's been no, I think Double Team with. Uh, <laughs> oh seriously, yeah, yeah, the Jean Claude Van Damme movie. He's been involved in some type of one of the Jean Claude verses. <laughs> that's fantastic. But yeah, no, that's 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 the whole story. Nothing, I, nothing that interesting. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fantastic movie. I, what bothers me, and every time I think about it, like now, and with a situation where I can't do it, but I'm like, God damn it. I have to go on eBay and find the Tough Turf LP. Yep. Because there's like, we'll get listeners who will be like tweeting directly at me, like pictures of themselves with the LP. Like, look what I'm doing this weekend. Fuck face. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's somehow the internet knows that I don't own this album and all I want is this album. Yeah, you got to do that and you got to get Jim Carroll's Catholic Boy on LP, which I, which I do own because of this. <laughs> oh, by the way, I t- somehow, somehow I forgot this, but it was a live action role playing camp. Dude, that is a detail I need up front. Yeah, no, I'm sorry. That kind of uh, <laughs> I buried the lead. 
a live action role playing camp. Okay, That's a so fucking episode in and of itself. What I was doing at that camp was uh, they hired me to like film the kids and stuff for like a promotional video for the the, yeah, per, sure. the future of the camp or whatever. That's uh-huh. what uh, Jeffrey Jones said. By yeah. the <laughs> they hired me to film the kids. But okay, so when, during one of the epic battles, uh-huh. I was filming the kids. <laughs> And one of the counselors who was like super into the LARPing, like pulled me aside and was like, You were fucking ruining the magic <laughs> of this moment. My God. And like, yeah, he gave me a talking to. That's a stern talking to. But were you and like, hey, gonna... the fucking guy from Tough Turf hired me to film this shit. Yeah. And what am I going to do? Run and cry to a, a movie villain? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> wait, so it was like what? Like wizards and shit? Yeah. Ugh. Wizards and swords and uh, yeah, you know. I'll so. stay home with a nice <laughs> ice cold glass of water if you get my drift and watch some tough turf. We now join We Hate Movies, already in progress. This is one we've been sitting on for quite a while. It's like it, it's not ready yet. It's <laughs> it's not ready yet. You don't want to take that bread out before it's ready. Well, we're just like a bunch of you know. Mother hens just laying on that egg, just <laughs> waiting for it to come out. And honestly, because we've known this one's been coming up for a while, and I was just kind of like, man, get through January. <laughs> Slug through all those new movies so we can go back to the 80s where we belong. Because this is like an alternate... If this movie is 50% more normal, this would have been on everybody's... like. TBS growing up. Everybody would have grown up with this movie. But I I mean, I'm sure some people did, but nobody grew up with this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Some people may have grown up with this movie, but no one grew up with this movie. (laughs) Some equals none. The film, uh, in the very most boiled down way I can give it to you, is James Spader plays a a teen who's, who's just moved to an L.A. suburb. Uh, and he's having trouble fitting in at school, runs afoul of a gang, and falls in love with the gang leader's girl. It's really weird because uh, he's dark and smart. <laughs> yep. It's a very odd thing. <laughs> yeah, there's the uh, the uh, patented, you know, uh, Donnie Darko scene. Your Iowa test scores are intimidating. Like yeah. that whole oh, thing, that old gag. Iowa's. Oh, God, the Iowa's. And then he's got like... They show his bedroom at one point, and it's all like heady, heady literature and philosophy books all over the place. He's reading. He's doing a lot of uh, extracurricular reading, but he won't do the assignment. He's not going to read Huck Finn. He read that in the fourth fucking grade. Oh, yeah. No, he's got like a couple of notebooks with him. There's nothing but doodles. Yeah, I mean, he's, he probably schooled the Iowas, but those regents, man. He just wrote, like, Metallica rules on it and just fucking handed it in. No, he wrote a very long poem on the back of every piece, and they're like, wow, you, you're really something. You, you've done it. I mean, I'm going to have to fail you for the class, but you're really deep. <laughs> uh, by the way, you know you are in for a wild ride right at the start of this flick. You know why? Three words, New World Pictures. My God, if that is not the WHM fucking seal of approval. I mean, we should have, because, uh, I mean, we rewatch most of the movies uh, here, and when that comes up, there should just be, like, an alarm in your table that just comes up and <laughs> whirls around. <laughs> it just It's an alarm that just pops up, and it says, you're in for a treat. <laughs> I, well, I kind of want to be, like, the Pee Wee Herman's, Ah, you said the secret word! <laughs> ah, new <old> pictures! Ah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of, we start out in like a weird, like, 
it starts out a lot like a bit. It's like Death Wish mixed with the first Ninja Turtles movie. Yeah, that's a good call. As zany as that sounds, everybody, <laughs> that's actually pretty accurate. Because it's just like edgy teens and like a little it's like grimy and dark and you're like okay what's going on here Marion Faithful's playing in the background for reasons I can't even begin to understand and just like in the first Ninja Turtles movie someone could be raped at any second <laughs> oh yeah you could just there are some dark corners in that movie like there really are like I get he's a teenage turtle mutant but Raphael gets beaten almost to death and fucking April O'Neil gets slapped in the face. It's just that, like, <laughs> we have a message for you, Miss O'Neill. You're like, oh, what's it going to be? Is it going to be like a you're dead? No, they're going to slap that woman right in the face. Okay, <laughs> I guess so, sure. What's more threatening than a slap across the face? Because a slap's like, wow, that's bad. It could have been a punch, but the punch is the next step. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I learned a lesson today, I guess. So James Spader is, what is his name? Morgan. Morgan. Yeah, he's Morgan in this movie. You know, tall, dark, and handsome. And by the way, the thinnest he's ever been. Oh, he's chiseled from the gods. And I mean, you know, we're not going to rag on him for being puffy 50-year-old James Spader now. I, you know, Let's get it out in the open. No one in this room is a Spader hater. Everybody is on the Spade train. Absolutely oh, pro-Spader. Always have any, been. Any form he takes, if he's fat as fuck, I'm all about it. So long as he has that veneer of... I couldn't give a shit if you lived or died. I'm on board with James Spader. And, you know, honestly, that's not going anywhere. <laughs> no. He's never going to play the father to a young boy in a Christmas movie. No. You know what I mean? If if he does, you know it's it's the last days of Spader. And look forward to it at our Christmas time. <laughs> or it's the last days of his son because he's going to snap on Christmas and kill him. <laughs> he is a kid who likes to ride a bike around a lot. Because yeah. it's like he's a uh, he's a transplant from Connecticut, right? The whole thing, by the way, the other whole, uh, uh, you know, like the economic side to this is he's a rich boy from Connecticut whose father, his business collapsed. And for some reason, they moved across the country to, you know, L.A. suburbs. They're kind of slumming it. He's kind of got a Buffy Summers thing, too. It's like, oh, you don't do that. at your, you, What you did at your last school, you know, you oh, better yeah. look out. Do you think Morgan at his last school, you know, kind of destroyed a Hellmouth sort of a thing? He could be a Slayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think, I mean, he's definitely, I'm not saying it's drugs, <laughs> but it's something that they probably thought was drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so th- this scene that we were talking about, we're opening up. It's like a you know, it's a nighttime street scene. There's like a seedy newsstand going on, and this scene tells us everything we need to know about this movie, right? Because it's like dark. Someone could be raped at any second. You know, there's hoods all over the place, uh, and there's this old man waiting for the bus. Sexy teen comes out. Which, by the way, I'm watching this movie last night. Instantly, the credits are on. This chick pops up. My wife goes, she's a real housewife of Beverly Hills. (laughs) (laughs) And she's also Paris Hilton's aunt, (laughs) which is just... That, those are things you don't want to yeah. own she, up to. She and she's a, in tough turf. Did she get into a lot of good Spader stories on that show? I remember James. And now she's 109 <laughs> years old, apparently. You know what, though? She looks like she's 109 years yeah, old. Sure. So it's pretty accurate. No, it's kind of sad because I've seen a few episodes of the one that she's on because that was the same uh, show as Kelsey Grammer's horrific ex-wife. Oh, shudder. And it's just, I mean, they're all the worst fucking people oh, they, imaginable. They, but she's like also kind of crazy. 
crazy now. Well, well, the issue is that they all kind of just look like fried chicken drumsticks. Yeah, no, that's, that's kind of the mm-hmm. look they go for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's hanging out, and then the whole thing is like James Spader swoops in on his bicycle. They're about to rob this guy. They're like in the process of mugging him at knife point, and Spader cycles on through, and it's the cool. It's the first of two times in this movie he's Batman. Yeah, and he swoops in. Grabs a beer. It's all fluid, right? Like, grabs this beer can like he's done it a thousand times. <laughs> grabs it out of this dude's hand, shakes it up, blinds the muggers. The dude accidentally spray paints his boss in the face. Like, <laughs> it's all really choreographed. Well, yeah, it's kind of like the Karate Kid meets Death Wish. Again, like, mm-hmm. it's everything yeah. meets Death Wish in this movie. But I just don't understand <laughs> why he's a vigilante in the beginning. And, like, the end, I understand it. But, like... In the middle, he's not a vigilante. He's not like, oh, we got, hey, Robert Downey Jr., we got to clean up the streets of this this town. Well, be- because yeah. it takes something specific. Like, you can't just, hey, I'm freewheeling it and I'm just going to break up this robbery. <laughs> like, that's like a heroic thing. You do it because you're a hero. And, like, you do it because, like, oh, that's somebody's getting hurt. I'm going to help them. He walks in, he's singing Bebop Baloo Bob, this is my baby. Yeah. And then he's just like strolling on by, gonna stop this robbery with seven people. Because I guess he's just trying to find some action, you know? Well, that's the thing, right? It's like he's so bored mentally. His his intellectual prowess <laughs> is such that, you know, he's bored by regular schooling. He's bored by his home life. He's bored when he's done reading his philosophy books. He's just got to go out and fuck it. I'll fight some crime, whatever. Then why not just buy a Bic lighter, put your palm over it, and just get it over with then? <laughs> oh, Jesus, man. What is this, junior high? He's past that at this point. <laughs> he's past the cutting stages. <laughs> So, yeah, he breaks up this robbery, and then, like, and it's all grimy dark, and then we're at the beginning of a a teen movie. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's waking up, and he's like, now, Jimmy, don't be late for your new day at the new school. And that's when you realize the problem with this movie is that it is four movies in one, right? It's, It's your vigilante Death Wish movie. It's your teen movie. The way he dresses and acts in some of these school scenes, I said this to you yesterday, Steve. He's like Marty McFly without any of the time travel. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of flawlessly gets this babe to be attracted to him, you know, like kind of just walking through days, like not really giving a shit about anything. But he doesn't have any of that McFly charm. He's just kind of like a jerk who keeps to himself. Let's not mince words here. I'm sure James Spader screen tested for Marty McFly and just, oh, yeah. it was just like, what the, why is he making fun of Doc? Like, that doesn't <laughs> seem right. That's not in the script. Like, why is everything so sarcastic? <laughs> oh yeah, great. You made a time machine out of a DeLorean. No, no, no. Whoop-de-doo. No, you can't rub Strickland's head. No, that's not what we're doing here. No, stop. He gets called into the principal's office day one, and this dude is just like, he's giving him the whole Donnie Darko speech, like your Iowa test, blah, 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 and he's just like, wearing sunglasses yeah. and the, t- the principal has to be like would you mind taking those off i like to look people in the eye when i talk to them he's got a bantam paperback in his hand just hanging out <laughs> there's like, a, yeah next there's a line in that little uh back and forth though that makes no sense he's looking through a file i don't know what file this is like his fbi file <laughs> i guess uh-huh. i don't think you have a file at school but, i think that's a bunch of bullshit those permanent records yeah that's garbage <laughs> and he looks at he's just like Hmm. 
Shakespeare. That's it, that's it. The book he's holding. That's oh, what he's reading okay. at the time. Yeah, is of course Shakespeare because he is the only person in the history of high school that's ever like just independently read Shakespeare on their own. And they're teaching it down the hall, but he won't go to that class. No, 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 no because that teacher doesn't get it. Yeah. You, thanks, but no thanks. Now she's gonna condescend to me. Oh, uh, Romeo and Juliet. You ever read Twelfth Night, bitch? And just walks right out. <laughs> Um, and the other thing, too, when he breaks up that robbery, this 45-year-old man's really <laughs> upset about it. It turns out this 45-year-old man is a student at this high school. Well, his enrollment status is always kind of a little tricky because, <laughs> like, they see he's, he's stewing outside of the high school. They're, like, th- this is, by the way, a bad school. This is our, by the way, we get the titular song, Tough Turf. Yeah. And we're, we're riding around looking at everybody in their beatboxes. Everyone's got switchblades. It's kind of like uh, Double Dragon, the movie. Like, what I imagined the game Double Dragon movie would be like. <laughs> like, there's an adobo there with a big pipe just walking around I- down the hallway. <laughs> I hate to burst your bubble, but that's not it. There's a lot of mutants in the Double Dragon movie. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, a whole lot of mutants. And Robert Patrick. Well, that's what the Double Dragon movie should have been. Just some fucking people mixing up. Remember that? That girl gets punched in the gut in the beginning of that Double Dragon She's, video game. Yes, what? she certainly does. Well, the th- this is school just like it reminded me of like if Disney tried to make a series out of Dangerous Minds. <laughs> Because they're all like wearing like the tough. And this is actually a problem I have with this movie is that they're all like wearing like. Like alternative, like um, like subculture uh, clothing and wardrobe. Like yeah, they're they all have, dressed very alternative. Yeah, and they, but they're all just kind of like getting along, snapping to all these songs. All everybody's getting along, it seems, except for James Spader and this forty-five-year-old. Everyone else in this high school moves with the flow of a jet or a shark. <laughs> they are bouncing off lockers, smoothly flying down the hallway. It's beautiful. It's it's very much a musical. This is a musical. Yeah. This is how you reveal the high school in a musical. Right. And then you get this is the third kind of, you know, what this movie is is it's kind of a musical musical combined with a soundtrack film. Yeah. We've got full live performances coming up that we're going to talk about. <laughs> and then, yeah, there is choreographed dancing. There's all these people, like, walking through the campus with, with – they've got, like, boom boxes, but they're dance walking with these boom boxes, like, making a big deal about walking to class. And, I mean, this 45-year-old gangster guy – Nick is his Nick name. Nick is yeah. his name. Uh, and he's outside. And uh, you talk about his enrollment. There's, it's, and it's the shittiest joke in the world where he, he's like, he sees Spader. And uh, when Spader broke up the fight, one of his underlings had like Zorro marked him with a wire. Yeah, he uh, had he broke the antenna off a car and was like sword playing with it. That's what this movie is, by the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he he whips Spader on the back. Because Spader, of course, is wearing a leather jacket, but there's like something an, pinned. It's to like it. an American flag patch pin, and he whips it good, you know. So he know he. That's how we recognize. Yeah, that's him on how campus. the forty five year old Nick recognizes him. Forty <laughs> five. He's he's getting up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel this is kind of like uh, the Belushi movie, The Principal, right? It like, is. It's the same that, school. That drug, that drug lord in that movie is very much probably not actually enrolled in that school. But, you know, this is before like how schools are now so like you could kind of just hang out at a school I'm, and no one's going to give you too much trouble. I mean, he's not enrolled in AARP, <laughs> but he's considering it. He's starting to like look around. 
They have discounts at all sorts of coffee shops. <laughs> but anyway, he's, he's out front and like he sees Spader and he sees Spader going into the school and he's like, oh, we're going to school today. And they're all like, <laughs> what? <laughs> That's a reason to go to school. It's, yeah, it's a very much it's a boss situation. He's the boss and he's got a bunch of little underlings and he's got this girlfriend that he's always like grabbing a little too hard. <laughs> Yeah, it is. And, you know, we can address it right here. This dude is one of those stupid motherfuckers that's like, she is my property. Mm -hmm. He owns this chick in this movie, and it's really shitty. And it's kind of unsettling because he's also one of those guys who thinks, like, he can still be, like, kind of a chummy guy while also having that philosophy. So, you know, we go to school, we meet Robert Downey Jr., uh, who is before his face changes. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr.'s, <laughs> like, 1980s face, he's kind of got, it's the same thing that happened to Tom Cruise. They both got their teeth fixed and got two totally different faces. Yeah, his face goes through puberty in, like, the early 90s. Like, his initial teeth, he looks like one of, uh, remember in uh, Goof Troop, how that kid looked? <laughs> Max? Max. Goofy's son? Yeah, he kind of looks a little bit like Max. <laughs> and then he just turned into, like, like uh, you know, Robert Downey Jr. eventually. Well, he, well, he also, uh, he lost some weight, I think. Yeah. Uh, he got, yeah, he got he's into still the gym a little like bit. Yeah, he's still kind of, like, pudgy, pudgy kid. By the way, how did Goofy have sole custody of that kid? <laughs> Is his wife dead in that show? Well, you missed the, uh, the movie, the I Am Sam thing that happened before. Because <laughs> that... Goofy is mentally challenged and wants to take care of his son. I mean, that's what that whole goof goof troop the movie is, where he's like, we're going on vacation. Yeah, but I'm like, yuck. But you don't see Michelle Pfeiffer busting on the door every once in a while and be like, how's everything going in here? I mean, I think Goofy's a widower. <laughs> Are you getting your three squares a day? Well, no. Is dad putting you to bed at night? Maybe it was. How's some, that going? Maybe it was some girl he met in the Institute. It could be the Institute. Either way, all they listen to is Beatles covers. <laughs> Fuck that I Am Sam movie, <laughs> by the way. For classic movie gangster, you know, methodology, he steals his bike. That's mm -hmm. a real badass thing to do. And this is our first, like, sh that's the thing. I feel like there's, like, six standoffs in this movie. That, like, almost boil over with between Spader and this bad guy? Well, that's the one we missed in the genre uh, chalk up is that we forgot westerns. Yeah, this. I mean, it is like the showdown at the OK Corral. But it's kind of like Karate Kid, but the stakes are way up there for no reason. Because it's not like, oh, man, they're just going to kick his ass. It's like... And then some. There's that just like, and then he's going to be in a fucking wheelchair. Well, that guy, <laughs> that's, that's kind of a That's thing. what's really weird about this movie is the stakes are kind of high enough only because they kind of don't care if they kill him. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there is always a possibility of James Spader meeting his maker in this movie. And these dudes, don't. it's not like a, oh, yeah, kick his ass. It's like, yeah, cut his throat. <laughs> well, well, because most of huge difference. <laughs> There's a really huge difference. Especially for a high school film. Well, because they start off and it's like, and that holdup scene, like, I don't know. The Cobra Kai, they're just beating up like little kids around the neighborhood. They're not like trying to steal anything. Yeah. These guys have knives and they're like, they have plans to rob people. Well, the other thing is, I feel like we meet 
this gang at a time in its like lifespan where the gang it's the top of the pops for these guys mm. no one is coming up against them there's no opposing gang and everyone else in the school seems very cool to just let whatever happen because well, they're, they're not the jets the sharks they're the knives they, everybody's got a, a blade this fucking school but no one else stands up to them that's why like when james spader goes what they do is they they have a big circle of cars and whatnot and they take his bike and they put in the middle of it and they're like oh you want your bike back and he starts walking towards them and rdj's like what are you doing right now? <laughs> and everyone in the school is like, holy fuck, he's going to get his bike back. Like, by this time, this gang is so powerful, everyone has learned to just let it happen. Like, if they're going to beat the shit out of somebody, he can't be helped. He walks past the memorial plaque of the last kid that tried to get his bike back. <laughs> <laughs> and even that is vandalized. And no one said shit about it. Somebody just spray painted tough on it. <laughs> And so, you know, he gets this bike and and whatever, and they're like, th- like, this chick spray paints him in the face. Yeah. It's really yeah. fucked up. And they kind of just make fun of him for a little bit. And then they're all like, all right, pussy, you got your bike back, I guess, whatever. And then here's this dude with this fucking muscle car that's like, oh, wait, he actually had the audacity to get his bike? Well, I'm up. I got to run him down. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a killable offense. <laughs> It's like old Detroit, man. They'll fucking kill you for watching TV in the street. <laughs> I mean, it's really like, and I mean, this guy is like Joaquin Phoenix in Gladiator. He's just like pulling the audience as he's going along. Oh, yeah. He's like, should I give him his bike back? And they're all like really terrified to say anything. And he totally does a like, I can't hear you. And he's like doing thumbs up, thumbs down. Somebody in the audience, it was another off screen thing that I was like, what are you talking about? Is. Some girl is just like, oh, you got out of the way of the car, huh? Pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he jumps out of the way. Of the, he kind of plays chicken with the car. He stares it down. And Robert Downey Jr. has to say, oh, man, he's got a death wish. <laughs> like, <laughs> just to telegraph it a little bit more. So he, like, you know, kind of does a little Toro Toro with the car and sidesteps out of the way. The car hits this bike. And again, I hate when this happens in movies. Like, a car hits something, and whatever it hits goes straight up in the air yeah. 30 feet. You see, it like, there's impact, and then it cuts to a shot of the sky, and this bike, like, slowly flies through the frame. That's not how that happens. And there's always kind of a $6 million man sound when it happens. no, 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 no. So he goes home and his mom's like, oh, you fucking broke your bike. And he's just giving her the James, like being James Spader's teenage mother. That's a tough one. <laughs> and like, <laughs> that's a tough pill to swallow. Uh, and then the dad comes in. The dad who is the bartender from Back to the Future 3. Pretty great uh, character actor. Trying to this make guy, some wake up juice. Yeah, <laughs> this guy who has a stupid haircut through this whole movie. <laughs> and I don't know how these filmmakers let this pass because this guy looks like. It's like Jeff Daniels' hair in Dumb and Dumber. Like, it's just a mess. <laughs> and, you know, he's supposed to be this former, like, real estate mogul from Connecticut. Now he's a cab driver that works nights. So the dad comes in because he's, you know, Spader gets into it with this mother. And he's like, you know, uh, oh, can you fix your bike, son? And classic Spader. He's just like, oh, yeah, dad, I'll get on it right after I learn how to walk on water. And you're like, oh, man, teenagers. I mean, that was like the fifth time he's heard one of those today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. That's 110%. his life. That's, and I mean, that's probably why he doesn't even give a shit what his hair looks like at this point. <laughs> 
He's got this shit ass kid. He can't wait to get in that fucking taxi cab. <laughs> That's his escape. What's weird in this the the Listen. family dynamic here is you know because they the dad lost the business and they moved across country and they live in this small LA house now and, and whatnot. But there's also this older brother who is kind of still rich and waspy. I don't get what's going on here. Well, he's got the good job, but apparently he moved out west with everybody else. I don't know how that happened, but also fine. You have this great job. How about supporting your family a little bit? They're living in a real slum. <laughs> they are. And he comes in with a sweater tied around his neck like, let's make this quick. Muffy's waiting in the car. <laughs> and you're like, wait a second. Your priorities are out of order. Well, that's the fourth part of this movie. What a, it's a it's a right side of the tracks, wrong side of the tracks movie. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's it's it's your pretty in pink plot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Except the guy. <laughs> this is what's weird, though, because. He's a transplant from the right side of the tracks, yeah. right? Like, so he is put on the wrong side of the tracks and falls in love with a girl who is born and bred wrong side of the tracks. She's at the end of the wrong side yeah. of the tracks. I think she lives at a train station. <laughs> she lives above a fucking liquor store. Yeah, that is the that end is of the, the end. line. <laughs> If that if that liquor store sold guns, it would be that much worse. But that's it. Guns, <laughs> liquor, uh, uh, lottery tickets, and they'll cash a check for you. And bulletproof glass everywhere. And every, I mean, the guy who owns the building hates it because every six months, the person who's living there kills themselves. <laughs> and he's got to clean it out. <laughs> yeah, he really gets put out by that suicide. <laughs> Poor old Bill. It's, oh, it's a lot of like you gotta. He's making him pay in advance. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you know, because I can't rent it a month after. <laughs> you know how long it takes to clean off those well, kinds of stains? Yeah, well, I mean, actually, he might be happy because he gets to keep every security deposit. <laughs> so now, you know, James Spader wants to cut loose. So uh, Robert Downey is like, "Hey, I'm playing this band that <laughs> you should come see me because we're kind of friends now." Man. And look the fuck out for this. <laughs> a couple of numbers that are coming up. I'm not having a hard time making fun of this movie because it's a bad, stupid movie, but this is a great fucking movie, okay? <laughs> they go to this warehouse where this band featuring a shirtless RDJ with a Chippendales bow tie on uh-huh. as the drummer. Look out. <laughs> this shit is great. And the lead singer of this band is Jim Carroll, an accomplished musician, but also the guy that lived the basketball diaries. <laughs> lived to tell about it <laughs> and he is heroin up and playing this music i feel like this may have been one of those crossroads sets for rdj <laughs> yeah like they went to film this they spent a week filming this warehouse concert and he was hanging out with jim carroll possibly mm. you know what i mean oh no i'm sure it was a thing like oh so you you've uh so you uh you uh, hung out with Andy warhol huh <laughs> oh okay um uh, uh yeah, this band's pretty good. <laughs> okay. And, you know, they play a full song, and everybody's dancing along. The choreography is fabulous. Like, you know, you this is it's not like Step Up Revolution <laughs> kind of uh, uh, choreography. Oh, nobody's popping and locking, but, I mean, there's... <laughs> no, but the funny thing is about the choreography is, like, they paid... You, when you get choreography, you can't just have extras. You have to have dancers. But there's also extras, so you'll see some hapless fat guys 
there just is, trying to keep up a little bit. There is a lot of hapless fat guys. And actually, the the bad guy, this 45-year-old high school <laughs> student, is one of the worst dancers of all time, but he is dancing his heart out. <laughs> well, Which he's... is weird because, okay, you're the villain of this movie, right? You are at this concert, fine. But you are up in the balcony. People are bringing you drinks. Mm-hmm. You're 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 kind of like angrily watching the band. I mean, you like them, but your arms are folded. You know what I mean? And he is just down there on the floor, like ah, ha, ha, <laughs> like really cutting loose. Well, he's got him and his underlings. And he's just like calling out to Jim Carroll in the middle of the set. Oh yeah, like their best buddy. Yeah, JC. And it's Jim Carroll. Yeah, as himself, which compounds the weirdness with all of this i mean he's used to warehouses but (laughs) (laughs) so spader comes into this place after stealing a porsche to get there because bikes all fucked up and uh, that's how he rolls his his, by the way five hundred dollar bicycle show me the mountain bike capabilities of this little (laughs) fucking dinky thing he's rolling around in it's got to be at least a 10 speed (laughs) So he gets to this club and he's kind of dancing around. It's also a weird situation. It's, it's, I mean, you know, it's a poorly made movie, but like all the lights are on. It's not like you're at a club, the lights are off and it's all stage lights. It's just full ceiling, you know, yeah. industrial fluorescent lights or whatever. So everything's clearly visible. So he's spotted immediately by these hoods. And then, you know, he takes the break and like, ch- James Spader has a seat with Jim Carroll. Jim Carroll's like, I don't know. You should probably talk about talk to her. And he's like, wait, what are you saying? I got to play another song, man. Talk to you later. <laughs> well, this, it's Hey, there. you got to go have a cigarette? No, I got to play music. I'll talk to you later. This is where you get kind of a little bit of an insight into James Spader's life. Because Jim Carroll somehow manages to ask him, like, what is it you? What? And he's like, oh, I'm from Connecticut. And he goes to RDJ and he's like, Connecticut, is this guy for real? (laughs) And it's like, yep, that's a state. Wait, Connecticut, James Spread, you told me you're from Ohio. No, we're doing this scene now. Okay, I gotta go. And and Spader, he says, you know, what what is there to do in Ohio? (laughs) And, you know, this is where, you know, we we learn how this dude lived. He's like, oh, I worked at a yacht club on the weekends. And he's like, that's weird. All right, breaks over. <laughs> I, I got to go itch my brain off it. But... <laughs> and then they just start playing another song. And this is where Spader spots this chick at the place and very forcefully is like, we're dancing. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of rape dancing. It's dancing. It's not so much that she doesn't want to dance with James Spader. Yeah. It's that she knows that fucking Roscoe up in the balcony... <laughs> You know, after he cashes the social security check, it's going to notice that James Spader's messing with her and is going to get pissed off about it. And he sends his goons down, but they can't get through the crowd of choreographed dancing. They're doing like different lines and getting in and out. It's like that final scene in Greece, Rama Lama Lama, Ding a Ding to Bow. And they're just all like cross, crossing the floor. It's crisscross mania. And they're trying to get so like, get out of here, move it. Well, that's what's great. These hoods are trying to get to them and like you know fuck up james spader but you can see all the dancers are getting really indignant like hey you're messing it up (laughs) we've been practicing this for months and i mean they get broken up and james spader gets the shit kicked out of him outside second time in like five minutes 
this guy does not know how to back down. I just, oof. and they're like, all right, well, now we're going to steal your car, which, of course, is stolen, and they get arrested. Robert Downey's like, oh, sorry, they stole your car. And James Spader's like, I don't even own a car. I don't own a car, man. That's it. it. And then that dude gets pulled over, and he goes to jail for, like, 12 hours. Like, I guess he makes bail. You don't really see it. It's just like... The next day at school, and this dude's hanging out again. Oh, I mean, the editing in this movie is fucking atrocious. You don't know what's going on from scene to scene. But the the interesting thing about it is it's incompetently edited, but it's also got a really flashy editor. So, like, the parts where it should be, like, basic editing, like... And then this character would logically be here, so we have to show this happening. So we'll cut here, put this here... Like, normal putting together a movie is very incompetent, but, like, the transitions are all really flashy, and there's a lot of, like, fast music video cutting at parts. Oh, by the way, every sequence we just talked about takes at least 15 minutes. Like, nothing happens that we just stay in these moments forever. (laughs) And there are moments you don't need to stay in. Like, sometimes, yeah, it's very justified to be like, all right, just hold it there for a second. Yep. Just stay, do what you're doing. Just keep it. Okay, that's great. There's literally a scene where a dude kicks them out of a restaurant, and the, we just hold on this snooty mater D who's just like, mm hmm. <laughs> you did it, Sandoval. <laughs> well, he didn't call a cut yet, so I guess I'll still keep acting. I'll smile, and now I'm going to turn around this way. Oh, maybe I'll fold my arms. <laughs> what else? I can check my watch. <laughs> Maybe I'll just look at my shoes for a little bit. Oh, uh, nice shoes. So Spader uses the time in which this 45-year-old high school student is in the clink to pick up this chick and, you know, kind of try to start something real. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. steals Nick's car for some reason. They're driving around in it. They pick up the girlfriend because she sticks it her neck. He's like, all right, let's go to this country club. It's going to be hilarious. And we're freaking out all the wasps. Because mm-hmm, like, I used to be one of them, man, and I hate their fucking guts. Like, they don't know what life is. And, like, <laughs> and also, that's kind of kidnapping. Again, she doesn't want to be in this car. She's like, let me go, let me go. And he's like, uh-uh, baby. Well, that yeah, it's her friend who's like, oh, well, I want to go because Robert Downey Jr.'s in the car. And, like, she gets in the backseat with our DJ, and they start making out, like, right away. And then she's sitting in the front seat like, harumph. <laughs> and, and again... Like, and, and this is what I was thinking of, by the way. We're talking about, like, soundtrack movies. It's like they're doing what Easy Rider does, yeah. right? It's like, we're just going to drive around and play a song, and we're looking at shit. But this is not the movie. This is not the time or the place for this to be happening. And they drive all through the L.A. freeway, and a song plays. The entire goddamn yeah, song. because it's not America. It's like, it's not Americana scenery and, like, landscapes and shit like that. It's a fucking McDonald's. It's Roy's Burgers. <laughs> yeah, it's like you're right. Sammy's Laundromat. It's, it's ugly L.A. Shit. Ironically enough, uh, during the filming of this movie, James Spader and Robert Downey Jr. did acid with Jim Carroll in a graveyard. (laughs) Just because. (laughs) What, are you going to show up to the set or something? That sounds boring, man. My mother. (laughs) Has Uh, your soul ever condescended to you, man? (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, so they're driving around. And then, so, yeah, he says, let's go to this country club. I'll show you what it's like on the other side. Slash, it's going to be the biggest ironic whoop-dee-doo Ugh. you've ever seen. Man, going places because of ironic reasons. Oh, isn't it great? And here we go. <laughs> we walk right into this place, and he's like, I used to be one of these people. Just do as I say. She says to the one chick, just uh, use the word fabulous a lot. They'll think you're just back from Europe. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, it's just, yeah, it's like Reagan's America, man. Let's just fucking thumb our noses at it. That's what you want, and right, it's Republicans? All, and let's not, it's just all tennis. That's all it is, because he's pointing a tennis racket at everybody. He's like, oh, this is what they do. And, and again, <laughs> I mean, this is, it, we're coming up to my favorite part of the movie. Oh, man. But and you know, I, yeah, all right, all right, all right. But this takes forever, because so excited. We, we have to see all four of these characters Two of which kind of aren't characters, Robert Downey Jr. and his lo- quote-unquote love interest. Let's call her Maud. <laughs> Maud there. <laughs> I mean, she'd almost be dead meat, but she doesn't get fucking killed in this movie. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just left out in the sun meat. <laughs> so, but all of them have these like uh, hilarious interactions with all these wasps. They're all like obviously improvising their lines, and yep. it's amazing. And it was really tough for director Fritz Kirsch. Uh, to 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 trim the fat, so he just kind of left it all on the <laughs> yeah, stage. You know what I mean? Well, that's what I kind of feel like this is. I feel like it all came like Pretty in Pink. This some kind of wonderful. It all came from the same cow, and they got the slab of meat down, and like they're like lean cut here. Here's some kind of wonderful lean cut here. Here's this fucking Breakfast Club, and here's this, and like uh, and here's all the fat. Uh, we'll call it tough turf, I guess. <laughs> Which, ironically, is I think what it would be called on the yeah. menu if it was a steak yeah. that was just predominantly fat parts. And it's $4. <laughs> wow, what a deal, says obese people so, everywhere. Howard the Homeless Man's favorite meal. <laughs> so so here we are. Uh, there's a band playing like uh, Twist and Shout that's really terrible. And it's like, oh, man, how ironic. Mm-hmm. And then they go off and James Spader. This woman still isn't liking James Spader. And nope. he's like, you know what? I got this. He grabs her, brings her on stage, and he's like, "All right, uh, those people have those fine people have left. Now we're gonna entertain you." And he starts singing her a song. <laughs> and you know, man, here's the whole fucking thing. <laughs> I feel the thunder. I feel the pain. I know the struggles you keep, the nights in the rain. I feel your face, I hear your eyes. I know the nights that you cry, but still we survive. Fighting the darkness that breaks our hearts We hold each other tight
smile We lick our wounds To light rips through the night We hate movies. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, it doesn't really do it that much justice because the faces Spader is making at this microphone, man. I mean, he is fake painting to hit these notes. He is holding in the world's largest piss <laughs> during this song. He's just like, he's gum, he's like itching his gums with his teeth. He's like, just like, ah. And this woman is just like falling in love with him all it's over. It's a scene from the Fabulous Baker Boys. <laughs> and I mean, that did it. That, that, that was the one. That damn song <laughs> cracked her. And, and she's in. She is on board. By the way, so what are we supposed to believe about this character? Is this like his move? Did he improvise this song? Like, that's the thing. You don't see him play an instrument ever again. He he he's he's singing a little. You know, he's got the bebopalula going yeah. on at the beginning. So I mean, maybe he's talented. He can... But again, he's just so dark and introspective. You don't know what talents are going to pop out of that black hole. <laughs> no, I mean he seems like a philosophy guy. He's just in his room reading all these books. Yeah, apparently, he knows how to shoot a dart gun because that's how he kills insects. But... Yeah, that's another dark turn he has. Yeah, but he could hear her eyes and feel her face and smell her fucking voice. <laughs> you know, it's just amazing. And it tastes her air. <laughs> like, that's when I was watching this movie. I was like, oh, wait, wait, what is this movie? Like, you know, it's it's like when your mom comes into a movie. What are you watching? But I was watching it the whole time. I don't know, Ma. <laughs> Give me a few more minutes. So, like, my left friend is like, what are you watching? <laughs> <laughs> my right friend's like, I don't know. Give me a few minutes because I didn't know. This song just came on, Ma. <laughs> also, uh, it's in this scene during all these like riffs and whatnot. Maud's talking to a couple of these like you know waspy chicks and whatever. They're at the buffet, and she starts talking about like dick size and stuff like that. And they keep cutting back to her. And it's like different penis talk and this, that, and the other thing. And she's like more experienced than a couple of these ladies we'll put it that way and they you know they're all kind of like agreeing with Maud, like because they don't want to be left in the in Maud's sexual dust you know <laughs> and at one point it just cuts like you got robert downey jr like talking up some old lady with a fake accent and james spader's like talking shit about some food recipe and playing with a lobster and then it cuts back to this chick and she's just like you guys swallow right and they're all like uh-huh uh -huh. yep yep we sure do yep Mm -mm. You're like, I really wish Spader was singing right now. <laughs> well, because every all the other ones make sense, and it's um, it's the uh, friend, it's the one who's making out with RDJ who's doing this. Ma and, we're calling her Maud. Oh, that's Maud. That's okay. Maud. Okay, Maud. Keep up. 
It's Get your, your own, head out of your ass. It's your own goddamn show, Chris. Keep up. <laughs> so, Maud. <laughs> yes. She starts talking, and it's this is another one of those things where it, it happens all the time. You're just like, what the fuck are you doing? She just starts talking about how, like, oh, her ex-boyfriend was an Adonis. He was lovely. He was beautiful. But, I mean, his cock was the size of a cocktail weenie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The you pigs know. in the blanket joke have fine. Oh, good Lord. So they get kicked out of this place. After this piano number, that's when the snooty mater D comes up, and he's like, you are not, nor have you ever been, <laughs> members of this all-white organization. <laughs> There's the door. And here comes the star of the movie, man. We have a nice little walking scene of like, oh, I love you. Yeah, I think I think we're falling in love. And they're like, hey, you you want to go see another musical act? Yeah, sure. It's it's about it's been two and a half minutes, and this is where we meet Jack Mac and the Heart Attacks. Man, oh man! If you want, what are you calling this kind well, of music? Because well, the whole rest of the movie, it's all like new wave, like you know, like. Sounds like Carsy sometimes and other things. And yeah, blah, a lot blah, of blah. synth. A lot yeah. of synth. And then all of a sudden, it's like just fat guy John Candy music. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he's at the resort trying to get his girlfriend back, and we're all kind of dancing together. Oh, absolutely. It's You heard this music in summer rental, probably. <laughs> and it's very specifically John Candy, because, I mean, if it was just fat guy music... Because Ronnie Dangerfield's fucking dancing to Oingo Boingo and back to school. He's got Oingo Boingo. He was dancing to Journey and Caddyshack. Like, yeah. Rodney was up on the popular music. But, I mean, it's all, like... You know, dirty Chicago blues from fucking John Candy. I mean, these dudes are like an F-list blues brothers. Because <laughs> it's a it's it's the it's Jack Mac, who's your big fat guy with a beard. And he's got you know, he's got a, a tight shirt on, and then he's got this backing band. Everybody looks like Poindexter from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> with very, they all look like the third guy in uh, ZZ Top <laughs> in various ways. Just a lot of blonde mustaches, which and is sunglasses. amazing. Oh, and sunglasses everywhere. But what's amazing is that's what they all look like. But Jack Mack looks like that racist. Are you ready for some football guy? <laughs> he does. If you put a cowboy hat and aviator sunglasses on that guy, he could be on fucking ABC Monday Night Football. Oh, Jack Mack's ready for some football. <laughs> Jack Mack is ready for some football. I just. The process of casting Jack Mack of the heart attacks. <laughs> I just imagine he gets a phone call and he's like, uh-huh. Oh, you want my band, huh? You like to take? That's fantastic. Thanks so much. And he, he just, you, you pan back and he's just in an apartment without any furniture whatsoever. <laughs> he slowly puts the phone down and you're just like tied in on his face. And then up comes a crack pipe and he just <laughs> lights it. And then as he exhales, he just goes, Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> another week. I got another week in L.A. <laughs> Anything to keep me in L.A. I love the City of Angels. Did you know it's called the City of Angels? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jack Rackback. Jack Rackback. <laughs> and and it's I, just, these, just, these dudes rock out. And again, it's a full fucking number. We're watching the saxophone guy go back and forth. Jack Mack is fucking tearing it. Kim Richards, who's who plays uh, this Frankie, uh, the love interest there, um, you know, Ms. Ms. Real Housewife. She's like dancing on tabletops and like patting dudes on the top of the head like she's playing a bongo set. <laughs> like it's put together. I mean, when they do get together, when her a uh, spoiler alert, uh, 
<laughs> they are definitely the couple who likes to watch each other. It's kind of like uh, uh, Mimi Rogers and what's his name in uh, The Rapture. Oh, uh, yeah, her European friend, her yeah. curious European <laughs> friend. <laughs> yeah, because he's just like, he's the, he's the guy that goes to the dance clubs and, no, no, I want to watch you dance. And he just kind of stays back. But it's not like I'm afraid of dancing. It's more like, I kind of like the idea of watching you dance with other people. Oh, yeah. No, there's just a couple of dudes and maybe some ladies, and they're just taking you places. <laughs> So we're having this great, I mean, literally, it's a great fucking time, because Jack Mac brings it. Yeah, oh yeah, any night with Jack Mac is a night to remember. (laughs) Jack Mac brings bass. (laughs) You wake up with some queso cheese on your shirt. (laughs) Some queso cheese. (laughs) There's some pot resin in your fingernails, and you're like, all right, I guess so, Jack Mac. And you're kind of hungover, and you're really dehydrated, and you're like, what's that? Oh, warm Mountain Dew? Yeah, okay. And you look at your wallet, the only thing left is your social security card. You're like, Jack! Social security card and an empty condom wrapper. <laughs> you, open, you open the refrigerator door and all is in there is a pig's head. <laughs> There's a pickle jar and all the pickles are still in it, but all the pickled juice is gone. <laughs> Jack Max bend to your house. Some reason you keep smelling Tabasco sauce. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. I showered three fucking times. Where is it? And your sister just doesn't take your phone calls anymore, and you never find out why. And you're never gonna. So we cut from the greatest night ever. I wish I was there. To... This boyfriend just beating the shit out of this woman. He's throwing her around, you know, because he finds out that he, she's with Morgan and he's throwing her around. And then, like, they kind of make up and they're on the bed and they're kissing. And he starts to make a move. And she says this. Look, we don't do it until I say it's okay, remember? Now, when you say, I don't, you know, you're only allowed to have sex with me when I say it's okay, remember? <laughs> That's... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The R word there is the key word. That's a history I don't want to hear about. That says to me, how many times are we going to do this? It's at least over three incidents. Oh, oh. Because if you can, like, it happens once. You're like, hey, no, no. (laughs) Happens again. You're like, we were over this. We went over this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Third one, you're like, are you fucking serious with this shit? And then the fourth one, you're like, remember yeah it's like (laughs) you've yelled at him three times so maybe the fourth time if i just try to be like stern but nice kind of like training a dog (laughs) but he doesn't fucking get it because she lays down on the bed and i mean like again we just cut from like fucking red shirts and like it's like the end of a movie where and then you cut And this woman is just laying on the bed, and he's kissing her, and she's got the most pained. Uh, It's the best acting she does in the movie, and I wish she didn't do it. Because it's just like this pained look, and his head's going down, and it's going down, and off camera. And again, we hold. You hold long enough that you start noticing things you wish you didn't notice, like the bruises on her arms. And the uncomfortable her looking at the ceiling like, if I can just find a point up on the wall, it'll be over. Like, And we can't cut away. It just makes you keep fucking watching this. I, I, when I watched this first time, I was like, we're going to cut to him leaving the room. 
We're going to cut to him leaving the room. We're going to cut to him leaving the room. Oh, we're cutting back to James Spader? Yeah. Right back. James Spader, like, there's a couple of cuts like this where, like, she's having the worst time anyone's ever had. And James Spader's just hanging out at his house. Like, things are pretty good in my life. You know what, Albert Einstein poster? I think things are going to be all right. (laughs) Things were up to a little bit of a rough start when I got to this new school. But we're going to be okay. I'm just going to go into the locker room now, then. (laughs) So he's in, uh, he's back at school. Um, and now obviously, um, our favorite AARP member has found out about them. Uh, and they're in the, they're in the locker room and they're like changing after a game or something. And all of a sudden you notice everybody else has left. Yeah. Everybody's getting out again because it's like a goddamn wild west town. Everybody knows that when, you know, a 45-year-old high school bully says, scram, you're just going to back out and you're not going to say a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And it's really horrible because Spader is still on cloud nine, uh-huh. right? Because they're in that locker room and the radio is on and it's playing some tune. And Spader's like, oh, yeah, man. Oh, this is a classic tune. Turn it up. And this one guy's like, <laughs> <laughs> just like backs away. And he's like, that's weird. Someone turn up that radio. Hey, we're all having a good time. Are right? we starting the next musical number? What's going on here? Man, let me tell you something. If I'm in a locker room, right, and there's a bunch of dudes around and we're all having a great time, and then I just look and everybody's gone but me really fast, I'm getting the fuck out of there. Oh, absolutely. Not, I don't care what state of dress I'm in, I am getting out of Dodge, man, because I'm getting out the window, too. I'm not yeah. going to the stairs. No, no, no. And because what's going to happen? Dudes that have car keys and padlocks in socks are going to sneak up behind you and start beating you private pile style. It is a brutal beating. The sound effects here are really great. Like the thuds of these fucking keys and locks on his body. They were definitely using something because you can see those little imprints on his back when it's happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, again, look, the the makeup's really good at this point. Like they just put dents on his back and he's just like, oh, God, no. (laughs) And that's how much... It shows you that they rule this school. They are not afraid about bruises, right? That's why in Full Metal Jacket, they use soap on private pile because it does not bruise. You put soap in a sock, you can go hog wild on a motherfucker. He ain't going to have a scratch on him. They don't care that Spader looks like that because they run this town. That principal's powerless. Yeah, that bearded (laughs) principal has nothing to do with this. And I mean, like, you look at the, the other 80s movie. This is, again, why this wasn't on TBS. This scene, the scene that came before it, like that's why it didn't go into your John Hughes rotation and is part of the lexicon because it's just so fucking weird. Yeah, it just takes these. And it's also weird, too, because like Spader's got a shirt off, but he's got a pair of jeans on Mm -hmm. and he tries to, you know, get away and they whack him and he goes down on that first one. And he's like on a bench bent over this bench and he's trying to pull himself up and they grab him by the jeans and tug on them dungarees, baby. (laughs) And like his ass kind of hangs out. And I was like, where is this going? (laughs) Especially after the last scene. I didn't fucking sign on for this shit. I mean, I just watched Sleepers. I don't need this at two <laughs> and they beat him fucking mercilessly and the guy goes up to him quietly he's like that's why you don't mess with my girlfriend you know what i say message received loud and clear <laughs> oh yeah it is not worth it no it's 
You want me to break up with her right in front of you, huh? Got it. Done. <laughs> I will tell Kim Richards to her face that I never want to see her again. Oh, you, and you want me to blame it all on her? Perfect. Don't. <laughs> I got that too. <laughs> money? Got, got, got money? Yeah. Anything? Like, this is when you extricate yourself from the situation. I know we all had a, a lovely musical number together, yeah. but let's just back it up a bit. Yeah, exactly. He's reaching in his wallet. He's like, uh, all right. I spent last night with Jack Mack. I don't really have much. But, you know, <laughs> take my social security card. Jack Mack spends big. <laughs> yeah, where's Jack Mack to say? <laughs> I got your buddy. He comes in with a two by four. <laughs> like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He, he looks, looks like, like Jim Duggan. Yeah, he does look exactly like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. This movie was edited by a dude named Mark Grossman. And I just find it interesting because we're talking about the weird sex stuff in this movie. This dude has cut a lot of, hilariously, Project Runway episodes recently, but prior to that, he edited a whole mess of Red Shoe Diaries. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yep. a whole lot of Red Shoe, <laughs> like a full season of Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> he was their regular. Yeah, there wasn't like a series director or writer on Red Shoe Diaries, but this guy cut the series all. editor Grossman. He got he had an office. He's the only one with an office. It's the only one with his name on a door. <laughs> and he makes sure, you know, on his plaque on his, on his door, it makes sure it says Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> yes. So there is a great scene. He comes, Spader comes home, and he's all beat up and shit. And this shitty mother, and she's a shitty mother. It's she's bad, very Mom. shitty to James Spader in the sense that it's a lot of like, well, you'll never be your older brother kind of stuff, which, you know, a kid like that does not need to hear. He's difficult enough as it is <laughs> with how deep he is and everything. The only thing you can do is keep saying, I accept you, I accept you, I accept you, no 110%. matter what. 110%. So- Keep on buying them those Barnes and Noble gift cards every time you can. And you just, just let get them. whatever you want, honey. Oh, you want a library card? Great, honey. And then every so often you just ask him, hey, what you reading? And he says something really long and obscure. Like, hey, interesting. And move on. I Dinner's heard that in a half good. an hour. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, bye. <laughs> so he's in his room and the mother says to the father, like, listen, he's shitting around in there. I don't know what's going on. You want to try to talk to this kid or what? So the dad walks in, and I mean, there he is with the worst haircut the world's ever seen. <laughs> and he tries to lay down some fatherly advice, and he's asking, you know, he sees all the bruises and everything, and he's like, you know, what are you into? You know, whatever it is, can you handle it? You know, do you know what you're doing? All this stuff starts getting into life and everything, right? And th- this line that this dude says is really fantastic. And it's and I've read some things about the movie here and there, and including Roger Ebert's review. They all quote this fucking thing, and it's this. Life isn't a, a problem to be solved. It's a mystery to be lived. What? <laughs> what? Thanks, Dad. What? <laughs> I'm going to go find some answers in one of my philosophy books, okay? Because <laughs> that makes no fucking sense. <laughs> He's, I mean, he's basically saying, like, no, nah, I can't help you. Yeah, this dad kind of will be wishing that he could have helped him out in about 10 minutes. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, because I think he felt, I think that that father, like, for a while now has been trying to, like, he gets little ideas of what to tell him, like, advice to give him in his head. And he's like, how, how is he going to listen to me? I'll say it's like I'll say it's quoted from Albert Einstein or something. <laughs> and so he's been trying to do that for years, but now he's so old, he's you know he's read so much 
that he can call him out on every single one of them. <laughs> he didn't say that, Dad. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's in a, a book I saw. Uh, it's a good one, uh, uh, Stephen you, King. <laughs> nice try, Dad. <laughs> you, you, yeah, um, Faulkner said, always keep your head up. <laughs> when barn burning, always keep your head up. <laughs> yeah, he uh, edits those down. So, again... As opposed to st- staying as far a fuck away. F- I mean, look, it's high school, man. You'll find somebody else. It's totally fine. I saw that opening dance number at that school. It is a babelicious <laughs> student body. Just move on. But no, he's got to keep. He, it's it's the death wish, man, in quotation marks. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's honestly because he just likes fucking with people. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm sure he's got feelings for Frankie. But he kind of just likes fucking with this dude all the more. Well, you know what I mean? That's why he's an unsettling character, because he's so close to a sociopath. Yeah. It's oh, right, absolutely. You're just taking a little right turn into mm-hmm. sociopath. <laughs> we cut to her. She's trying on a bunch of clothes. And James Spader, because he's got no fucking common sense, is like, hey, you want to come over to my family's house for dinner tomorrow? And she's like, <laughs> yeah, sounds great. You're fucking in, you're in crutches. And <laughs> Also, it's kind of weird. It's the first instance, technically, because uh, we're talking 85 right here. And I think I have my years correct. We have a boom box outside of a broad's window. Yeah. Because uh-huh. she's trying on these clothes and she's saying all the rich people lines all over again and kind of pretending that she doesn't live above a liquor store. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, and, that's her fucking life, man. No, I know. But then so she starts hearing this rock and roll out the window and she's like, people get killed for less outside this liquor store. <laughs> and she walks out. There's Spader with this little radio. And she's like, turn that shit off. What are you doing? And again, we walk the night. <laughs> get out of here, Spader. There are several instances where this does feel like West Side Story. Like, we're talking about the Jets and the Sharks, but also that dance scene is very much like the school dance towards the beginning of West Side Story. And now this scene where he climbs the fire escape Mm -hmm. and goes up to her window and everything and sneaks in. And they're in the bedroom. And then the fucking boyfriend is on the other side of the door, and he does not have patience for (laughs) locked doors. (laughs) So, you know, she finally says yes, he runs away, and Nick comes in, and he's got a bottle of champagne. You're like, well, this can't be good. <laughs> <laughs> and, and This fa- is my weapon for tonight. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. And your father's like, congratulations, you're getting married. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me, old man? I had to pause Netflix. <laughs> I got up, did a lap around the living room, cleared my head, and then sat back down. Because what are you doing? What on earth? I mean, you know, and I get it, too. I mean, homeboy's 45 years old. He's no spring chicken. He's got to lay something down, you know, before he's got one foot in the grave. But she's like 17 years old. And this dad comes in like, I'm finally marrying off my daughter. Like, she's some 30-year-old spinster. <laughs> I know. Well, it's been long enough. This old man that owns this liquor store thinks he's living in 1650. <laughs> like, you old bitch. <laughs> you old 17-year-old sea hag bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Your value's dropping by the day. I'm not going to even get a mule cart for you. What, what a <laughs> shitty dowry you'll give me. God damn it. <laughs> I stole your dowry yeah, joke. Let's I? go for a dowry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I was I was also gonna make a Downton Abbey joke. <laughs> Jack back of the dowries. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy your daughter. <laughs> All right, cool. No, kinda. Uh, <laughs> so he's got this champagne. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> And this guy's like, oh, I'm coming in all bunch of money, which doesn't make any sense. And, and this, I mean, yeah, he's acting like he's marrying his daughter off to fucking George Clooney. He's like, <laughs> oh, man, what a catch, right? And meanwhile, this dude is chugging the champagne out of the bottle. Like, oh, this is great. <sighs> he's got a fucking court date coming up. Like, oh, a lot of yeah. shit. He's not wearing a shirt, by the way. <laughs> I apologize. He's just wearing a vest. A leather vest and a cross around his neck. He's that's dressed it. like a warrior, like one of the fucking warriors. <laughs> or one of fucking Al Pacino's friendlier people in cruising. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's the dude that's got the courtesy to put Vaseline all the way up his forearm. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> cruising, directed by William Friedkin. Uh, so... <laughs> So she's, she's not too happy about this. <laughs> no, she's not about this marriage. What shitty news. <laughs> and I mean, like, again, she's like, well, I have no choice. Better hug him. And then we <laughs> yeah, yeah. then we cut. And then we're, you know, there's a thing at school. And he's like, wait, you're fucking getting married? She's like, I guess. See you at dinner tonight. <laughs> well, that's what's great. He's like, what's this about marriage? Also, are you still coming over for dinner? Because we bought food for four people. My mother is going to be furious. We're not rich anymore. <laughs> we like to pretend we are. We're not rich. So she comes over for dinner, and it's and like we kind of pretend she's not engaged anymore. And it's like, oh, my God, my girlfriend's coming over, and like she's from the wrong side of the tracks. But now we're from the wrong side of the tracks, too, but we act like we're not. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's shitty, too, because the dad is kind of, like, chastising, you know, the mother, like, could you stop being a piece of shit to him for eight <laughs> seconds? He's finally openly excited about something. And she's just like, well, I think he could be putting his time elsewhere, like school or yachting. And he's just like, oh. <laughs> So she comes over, we're all having dinner. We're having this abnormally crunchy dinner. <laughs> I don't know. We were praising the Foley editing before, but these sound effects, like... Listen to this. I'm sorry. Here we go. Listen to this. No, no, no. Wait, no, wait. Yeah, we'll, we'll listen to it. But when you listen to this, just try to guess what they're eating. There's the sound. And the answer, if you guessed rocks... You're wrong, because it's chicken nuggets. (laughs) She's grinding pebbles in her mouth like a caveman. This hoity-toity meal, by the way. And it's such (laughs) bullshit, because, again, it's chicken nuggets, okay? And she's (laughs) eating these chicken nuggets, and the mother is giving her this death stare. And you're like, what's the problem? It's chicken nuggets. And Spader, like, kind of looks at his fork like, she wants you to use a fork, and I'm like, what the fuck for? It's a I, chicken. It's I, clearly a chicken nugget. I eat this meal with my hands every time I'm at KFC. I don't understand why this is different. <laughs> well, excuse me, your majesty. So, it goes, But it's going along fairly well. Like She's really awkward and quiet. She's, she's actually probably one of the best actors in this movie. Well, I mean, like, Spader's really good. But she plays, like, awkward, I don't know how to be around adults teenager really well. Oh, Kim Richards? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so she's doing that. And, like, the mother's like, oh, have you ever been to the Rose Garden? It's like. Uh, and it's like, oh, we'll have to go sometimes. Me, you, and your mother, and everything stops. And dead. She, stops dead. And she, she drops, like, wa- wine on herself. She's like, oh, my God, and runs. And her, James Spader's like, 
Her mother's fucking dead, mom. Thanks for nothing. <laughs> and like the mother's like, what the fuck should I know? Like, <laughs> that is not my responsibility. And technically all things considered yeah you know she didn't know but you know what this lady's been such a massive pile of human garbage through the rest of this movie no sympathy from andrew i felt conflicted because like yeah the entire time she's just been giving him shit for nothing like oh five hundred dollar bicycles that doesn't have any insurance well no bike insurance what And then finally, finally, she gets it thrown right in her fucking face. And it's for something that she couldn't have had any idea about. So, you know, uh, uh, Frankie flees the house. You know, she runs off and is immediately picked up by this rapist because he's been fucking hanging outside the house, spying in through the window on their dinner. And, And this is where he gets really, you know, sociopath because he's like, Oh, hey, didn't know you were here. Mm -hmm. Me and the boys were just out for a drive. What are you up to? Come on, get in the car. We'll have some fun tonight. Playing it nice and cool. Because he's doing, and he's kind of almost playing it right because he's like, oh, those rich people treated you wrong, huh? Want to go drink in a shitty car? All right. (laughs) Yeah, let's go drink. Come on. Let's drink. You don't need chicken. You don't need crunchy chicken nuggets. Let's have some wild turkey in my fucking beat up Camaro. So they go drinking and driving. And one of their favorite pastimes is harassing people that wait outside her dad's liquor store. And there they pull up and he's like, oh, perfect. There's one. Why don't you go ask him for some change? They're all change gag because this is what happened with the guy at the beginning of the bus station. She's like, he got change for a five. It's kind of funny, funny because they're like, oh, what do you want to do tonight? He's like, I want to kick up some dirt. And one of the guys like, finally. And that's what I felt too. He's like, aren't you guys a gang? You've been ganging but- around for a while. <laughs> you haven't done any gang well, shit. Well, they were but- in jail for you know twenty <laughs> minutes there. But isn't the uh- insinuation that he's hunting for spader's father no, yeah, he's dry no he's driving around all time like, it's like kind of light out it's like six o'clock in the morning at this point and he's just like look because they there's a couple of shots of taxi cabs and he, it's like it goes to taxi cab back to uh nick and he's, yeah, he's looking he's very for- clearly you're right he's very clearly looking in cabs and by the way Again, the editing in this movie, we just left that guy at his house having crunchy chicken nuggets. There's nothing about the editing in this movie that tells me they drove around for, what, seven hours and then found this dude working nights as a cab driver? It does not make any well, sense. It, that They cut the scene out where he put, like... Uh, a bunch of his crunchy soup into like a Tupperware <laughs> and brought it with him for the night <laughs> and his crunchy corn. So she's like, oh, wait, oh, oh, that's Morgan's father. And she's like, hey, wait a minute. And she like runs out to warn him. And they're like, uh-uh. And they beat the shit out of this guy. They're, so now, all right, like in a normal high school, you know, revenge movie, bullies, love triangle, Robert Downey Jr. gets the shit kicked out of him, right? It's yes. like a thing where they find Robert Downey Jr., they beat the shit out of him, and then he goes to the hospital, like, get him for me, man. That makes sense. You don't go after somebody's father. No. A dude who this guy has never met. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you know, they have no history. I mean, I don't even know if he got a good look at him through the <laughs> living room window when he was spying on their crunchy dinner. I mean, it's definitely, I mean, he's escalating. This is Capone-type behavior. <laughs> get their families, get the dogs, get the fucking house they live in. Burn it to the ground. And William Zabka from Karate Kid would not go after 
Delarusso's mother. All right, he, no, no way. way. He no, leaves she's sacred territory, yeah. and he they beat the shit out of this guy's dad, but he's kind of holding his own to the point where he fends them all off. Right, and he kicks Nick into a car, and you're like, "All right, Dad, you got this, Dad." Uh oh, what, what's that Nick's got? Oh, it's a big revolver, huh? <laughs> this guy pulls out like a Joker pistol. <laughs> I mean, it's like two feet long. And you're like, well, how, how, where's this going? And he blows them the fuck away. He shoots this dude twice in the chest. And this guy and his comically terrible haircut <laughs> go down hard. And you just, again, this is when you pause the movie and do some laps in your living room. Like, but wait, it was just, a, it was a dance movie, right? It was, just, it was a dance movie. He was riding a bike. Uh, you know, I'll go in the kitchen. I'll fill up the soda stream. I'll come back in here, change a light bulb or something. Like, let me check my email. I want to check my email again. See, okay. All right. Good, I'm, I'm, I'm going to call my mother. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to see what she thinks about all this. Because where could this possibly be going at this point? Cut to the hospital, and somehow this man lives through two in the chest, which, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Collapsed lung. This dude takes two right in the heart. Like <laughs> He's like three feet away, and it's a magnum. <laughs> this man and should not be allowed to it's live. It's ignoring the fact that he's 62, and his hair is 53. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, like maybe you shoot like an Olympian from that distance with that gun twice where you do. You know, maybe Michael Phelps is coming out of this, okay? This guy, this cab driver. He's a two-pack-a-day man, yeah, if there ever he, was he one. Absolutely. He picked smoking back up <laughs> <laughs> during the ride from Connecticut to Los Angeles. He's, pro he's eating chicken nuggets every night. Oh, yeah. So much processed food. So it's like the, by the, the bedside, and it's not even, I'm going to get them, Dad. It's just like, hang in there, buddy. Oh, hey, my girlfriend's here. See you later. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck? And classic We Hate Movies favorite, somebody call the police. There's no police in Los Angeles once again. Well, I think I solved this one. I think that the wardrobe people, they were like, okay, we got to order what? A uh, dozen cop uniforms. We'll get them here. And then we got the cops coming in. They got, you know, talk to the father, whatever. Three weeks passes. You know, we're coming up on the scene where the cops have to come into the <laughs> hospital and talk to the father. And um, have you seen the, the hats, the billy clubs, any of the? No, no. They got... And they, they check the fucking USPS and it's fucking somewhere in Bangladesh. Oh, yes. Yeah. Something went wrong with the costume. Yeah. The United order. States Postal Service sent something to Bangladesh. It's been three weeks to shut up the next day. And someone comes in and is like, oh, my God, this is terrible. But I found the order form in the living room. And it's like, oh, I left it there. I never sent it. These fucking interns <laughs> yeah, exactly. have sunk this picture. <laughs> well, we'll skip it, I guess. 20 years from now, there's going to be somebody making fun of the fact that there's no cops in this movie. But, all right. So, I'm in high school, and I'm James Spader, and I can actually handle myself in a fight. And, like, somebody's fucking with me. I want to get his girl. And I'm like, eh, I'll fucking fight that guy. He has three friends with pipes. Okay. I still kind of really like this girl. Maybe, maybe in a universe, I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to fight this guy. and We're going to be romantic rivals. The second that guy shoots my dad in the chest, I'm going to the cops. It's just time. That's attempted murder, pal. And yeah. that solves all your problems also. Oh, yeah. This dude. And, you know, 
whatever. We're getting to the end of the movie here. The cops never come into this movie. It doesn't get handled the way it should get handled, which is also the easy way. So, you know, as you would do, your dad's in the hospital. Your family's torn apart. Everybody hates your guts. Uh, you know, you should probably be calling the police. But maybe if you don't want to call the police, think about getting revenge on this dirtbag. Now, you know what? Stop for a second and just fuck this chick for an afternoon. Well, you've earned it, I guess. <laughs> I mean, at that point, what else are we doing here? And it is a hairy sex scene. Because <laughs> th- this actress has a lot of hair, right? It's crimped. I it's would, down to her ass. I would watch how you phrase that. We're in the 1980s. No, no. I mean, I don't mean hairy like, oh, man, you know, bush. I just mean this girl's got a lot of head hair, and it's taken up the whole frame. It looks like two chickens fucking. Because <laughs> all you can see is all these feathers. <laughs> They're just pushing against each other. And, you know, Spader's got a nice quaff on him, too. Absolutely. By the way, this is where you see, and you kind of notice it earlier in the movie, but you definitely get a good glance at here. James Spader has a spade tattoo on his arm, and that shit is totally real. I was looking at some screen caps from some other early Spader movies, and that tattoo is front and center. Yikes. If you had a last name that sounded like one thing, would you get that one thing? Like, Chris, would you get a small house tattooed on your arm? (laughs) A little cottage? Yeah, 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 Chris Cottage. Like, you know, you have a nice little Abraham Lincoln, you know, house. In the I mean, nice it, I mean well, that's the promise, because I have the Abraham Lincoln portrait on my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> so you get Abe Lincoln's, you know, wooden cottages, little log cabin off on the side. I mean, it's just it makes no. I feel like sense. Steven Soderbergh was like, quit this shit. Just get it off. <laughs> I, I got you nude in this fucking movie. Just get rid of it. So, you know, now it's on. And this dude. Basically, we got to get to the end of this movie. Sp- <laughs> Spader drops this chick off for her shift at the liquor store <laughs> on his bicycle. They have a little kissy kiss. Have a nice afternoon. I'll, you know, maybe I'll fuck you again tomorrow. If my, maybe if my dad dies, I'll really need you. And the dad's still trying to sell her on Nick when she comes <laughs> in. He's the first word said is, "I was like, well, you know, Nick, you know, he's under a lot of pressure at his job there or something." <laughs> I mean, he picked up that Porsche. I mean, he might do a dime for that. <laughs> You're going to have to support your husband while he's in prison. I gave him to, gave you to him. What do, what do you want from me? And thankfully, Nick shows up, and he's throwing this woman around. And fu- he throws her around twice. The dad doesn't move. He slaps her. And then the dad's like, all right, Nick, let's take it down one notch. How about it? How are we supposed to be best buds if you're going to do this to my daughter? Like, you could abuse her a little bit, but don't do it right in front of me. Come on, Nick. Nick, Nick, right before we were going to do the father-son fishing trip together. (laughs) Really? I know we're all human, buddy. (laughs) So he takes this old man and throws him into a stack of liquor bottles. And it's pretty It's a Superman to throw into something. (laughs) (laughs) It's a destroyed building. Nick body slams her. Like, she gets the fucking rock bottom done on her. <laughs> she hits the ground. He flips out. And then he makes her call James Spader. Who's making tea, by the way. <laughs> Again, it's this thing where he's like, you know, things are kind of working out here. It's not going to be so bad. Finally had sex with my girlfriend. My dad's still got 12% brain activity. All right, maybe we make a little tea. <laughs> 
little bit of tea. And so then, like, she calls and, you know, she's like, listen, James Spader, uh, he's going to kill me if you don't stop fucking around with me. Uh, and then this dude gets on the phone and he's like, warehouse, 6 p.m., settling this. We set up everything that we need to set up with one quick pit stop of this t- James Spader walks into some random apartment that we've never seen before. There's a character we've never met, but it's really obvious we've totally met him in a deleted scene. Absolutely. Because, you know, like, James Spader walks into this apartment. He's like, oh, hey, Arbogast. (laughs) And this dude's got a couple of dogs. And he's like, oh, hey, is Robert Downey Jr. here? And Arbogast is like, no, I haven't seen him since the last time we all hung out. (laughs) Hey, remember that time we got pizza together? (laughs) No, I don't, Arbogast. Right after you met Jim Carroll. You mean, you got to remember it. It was just a couple weeks ago. And they just he leaves a note for RDJ and books it. And he goes to this warehouse. And this is where he gets all Batman. Like, he sneaks in. They're holding her hostage. It's just... It's just this dude, Nick, and like two other, three other goons of his. He's had two goons. They've multiplied into four goons because there's two goons at the beginning you haven't seen for four, an hour and a half. Oh, that's right. The dude with the car antenna and other guy. I mean, it's kind of like Station. They like separate and then they can go back together. <laughs> station! Oh, station! Man, that is the worst fucking movie. Stay tuned. <laughs> so, you know, he, he starts like taking these guys out. Like Batman, you know, one by one, very stealth-like. Mm-hmm. He's got a dart, couple of dart guns that he's hitting people with and all this His shit. His leather jacket's made out of memory cloth. <laughs> I mean, James Spader outright swings on a rope and kicks this Nick guy right in the heart. Like, <laughs> it's a Batman move. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, this fight kind of goes on forever. It just... First, we're f- he fights everybody off, and it looks like, oh, my God, they finally... Like, he fights everybody off. It's kind of like what they do with his dad. They just kind of overpower him. And Nick grabs his gun and he's about to blow him away. And you're like, oh my god. In comes, it's the best fucking entrance he's made in his <laughs> entire storied career. Absolutely. Oh no, this is much better than Iron Man. Robert Downey Jr. with a fucking, I don't even, a Rottweiler on each arm. And he's like, hey! Hey, it's like, hey, cool it. And he has these two things. And he's holding it like, he's holding it really straight. He's like, ha And he lets them go. And the dogs know exactly what to do. That's why we know that James Spader has hung out with RDJ Arbogast and these hounds in some deleted scene because these dogs know not to attack James Spader. Because if they hadn't hung out and had pizza... <laughs> How would they have known which guy to attack? It's like, how do you leave such a hole in your movie? There's that scene where they order the pizza, and they're the backyard, and like Robert Downey Jr. is picking up, picking off like pieces of pepperoni from one slice, and he's giving it to the dog. <laughs> That's how we get it all done. That's how we swipe that clean. It's- but- it's my favorite Deus Ex Machina. It's the third act super dog. Oh is, yeah, you'll see that in your Hills Have Eyes, where it's just like, wait, where did this super dog come from? Well, I'm with it because these dogs are chasing them all around. One guy is so afraid of these dogs, he jumps out a window, and the dog <laughs> says "fuck it" and follows him. This dog, like him. this dog's kind of at the end of his dog career, and he's like, "I'm gonna go out swinging. I'm gonna go out biting." He jumps out this window. That dog doesn't know what kind of a drop he's dealing with. He's taking that guy straight to hell. That dog's like, "Oh, you think I'm afraid of a little hell, huh?" And just jumps. You never see that dog or that man again, so it's quite possible they did indeed go to hell. That throat is mine. So. 
blah, blah, blah. James Spader throws this guy off a, you know, big drop like fucking Harvey Dent. Robert Downey Jr. gets shot in the, the knee or whatever. He instantly gets shot right. It's like right in the thigh. It's hilarious. Like he's like, ha ha, dogs. <laughs> and before the dogs can get to them, Nick's like, ha ha, gun. <laughs> and he's, you know, can't help at all. Bob, gun. Gun, Bob. <laughs> Ah, so he's dead. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they kind of, they have a little, uh, you know, moment there of like, <sighs> holy fuck, that's definitely the most dangerous thing that's happened to any <laughs> of us. What could we possibly do after this? Fade to black. And then we hear this. <laughs> JP, is that who I think that is? That's that same woman I saw the other night, Mark. Oh, Lord, everybody's got a treat. <laughs> Move the tables. I think I need a ambulance. Oh, three or four nurses, too, because this girl is fine. Oh, yeah, we are right <laughs> back where we want to be. <laughs> and it's great. And it's their fucking cheers moment, man. Because Jack Mack is like, oh, they're back, baby. <laughs> oh, clear the dance floor. Here they come. He's got like put up his son. Oh, it's her. Oh, she's back. Everybody get ready for the show. Do I believe my Jack Mack eyes? <laughs> yes, I do. Hit it, boys. <laughs> this fucking tough turf theme song is fantastic. <laughs> This movie has two titular songs. Absolutely. There's a That's... tough turf song and two tough. It's got to be some sort of a record. <laughs> a shitty record, but it's a record. And I mean, they walk in, they're strutting around. And the last time we've seen them, like, both of them, bloodied, battered, bruised, really bad. No, mm -hmm. the next scene is the hospital. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or as we're outside the warehouse where we've got bl police blankets. We're sitting there drinking coffee. You know, uh, RDJ's on a stretcher. And he's like, oh, you know, you owe me one, man. Yeah, one all... of those kind of ends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, uh, 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 John McClane realizes that Jeremy Irons went to Canada for some <laughs> reason. God, that's a stain on that movie. <laughs> that's a PSBS right yeah, there. Oh, absolutely. Well, the deleted scene is even better. Not not a conversation for right now. Uh, so they walk into this place. Spader's fucking swinging a pocket wall. Yeah, I mean, they're out for a night on the town. Robert Jr. has a cast? Like, it's like, that makes everything better? No, it doesn't. Yeah, that's the but. only thing that's happened. You know, Kim Richards walks in like, man, I hope my life stays just like this. Sure hope I don't turn into an old crusty nothing on a Bravo television show. <laughs> well, RDJ walks in, and it's not even like he's he has the cast on. But he's not limping. He's no. walking normal. <laughs> no, no, no. He's totally He's kind of dancing. <laughs> like, everybody's kind of dancing. And now it's like, then we're in the credits. And the whole credit sequence is them having fun with the heart attack. <laughs> they, are, I mean, that's it. they are on stage. The last shot of the movie is Robert Downey Jr. playing a saxophone. <laughs> and or he's got else, a trumpet or some shit. And everybody else is pretending to play the saxophone. And Jack Mack's like, all right, man. This party's going to go all night. If you want to dance, Jack Mack make you dance. <laughs> Jack Mack needs some cocaine. Jack In all seriousness, <laughs> Jack Mack needs some cocaine. Jack Mack's the kind of guy you're partying with. And you, like, you know when you go to sleep when you're hanging out and partying and Someone starts waking up. Hey, man, we're not done yet. <laughs> You're not going to sleep, are you? Jack Mack's all right. Where can Jack Mack get some rotisserie chicken? <laughs> How do you think I can get, it, get for an old Xbox on eBay these days? How much you give me to drink all this pickle juice? <laughs> 
He is one of those guys that makes up annoying food concoctions and does the old, how much for me to eat yeah. this? <laughs> yeah, he's always asking you to dare him to do something. For money. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And that's tough turf. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm going to start it off. I think it's the strongest recommend I have for this entire project of... 90-some-odd episodes in, a couple of mini-episodes. Tough Turf's my favorite out of all of them. Mm-hmm. It's a weak recommend for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it can't be the top because On Deadly Ground's got the top. That's, so that's, that's just a that, that's a conversation that's been called already. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. But, uh, I mean, it's it, it keeps your attention mostly because of Spader, I'd say. Um, and, I mean, it's just goofy enough to work. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, Chris Cottage, you are on my bad side. <laughs> this movie, I legitimately liked it. It's not to the point where I'm like, you know, I don't know what we're doing here. No. I mean, I know what we're doing here. But let me tell you, I catch this movie on again, I'm going to watch it. I had a legitimate time with this movie. This fucking soundtrack is great, solid, shitty 80s music, which I love. Big sucker for it. And that fucking Jack Mack, man, he is an entertainer <laughs> and he entertained me all of the eight scenes that he had in this I, movie. I kind of wanted the movie to iris out on him with just a ham bone in his teeth <laughs> <laughs> but you know steve i i agree with you you know we're almost at a hundred episodes of this program and you know 500 years from now when they dig up the we hate movies mainframe from some <laughs> ice block I want this to be the one where the aliens are like, man, they loved that fucking tough turf. Huh? And then they put it on and they're like, man, this race of people was stupid as fuck. <laughs> Do you get it? Wait, is she getting raped? <laughs> Relbular, come here. I think this woman's getting raped. What happened to the fun music? Kremulak, have you ever known someone to live above a liquor store like that? <laughs> So that was a lot of fun, huh? Like, you it's, know, I want to watch the movie right now. I'm gonna, I am going. I guarantee you, uh, you I am going to watch this movie this summer. It's going to happen. It's, it's been a good, about a, It's a good summer movie. It's been about two years since I've seen it. Yeah, I haven't seen it since we did the. Can you believe that episode? It's episode number ninety-seven. Ninety-seven on the chart. On the chart, it's just falling down. <laughs> can, can you believe that James Spader went from this hunky, debonair young man to an old, heavy woman on the blacklist? <laughs> I still have not finished the first season of that show. Oh, it's worth it's worth a watch. I, I mean, just love that he's just killing people. I mean, speaking of killing people, doing the James Spader math of what he looked like when he was thirty to now, hmm. I'm going to be 948 pounds when I'm <laughs> when I'm 60 years old. Yeah, like, we're all finished. Just well, dead. If it can I, happen to Spader, yeah, we should go out on top, gents. I think this. While you're listening to this, we might already be dead. <laughs> Entirely possible. This is filmed in the past. Well, yeah. you're you're on your magic weekend at Bernie's esque Hamptons vacation. Who knows what's going to happen to you out there? Maybe the twist is I'm the corpse people are playing with. <laughs> people are playing with my dead body now. <laughs> and a revelation. I'm seeing something from the future. Oh, what? Uh, it looks like Listener Request Month is coming back. Oh, shit, dude. November... 2014. 2014. Your picks on the air. We'll probably open the phone lines when we come back. Yeah, I'd wager like sometime pretty soon to get those calls in. I'm yeah. just imagining now like just like opening a convenience store that's been closed for the weekend. There's like some dust some places. 
<laughs> you just got those jangly keys. Oh, yeah, totally. You're seeing, like, if someone remembered to turn the hot water off, they didn't. <laughs> it's just been on, wasting gas. Uh, yeah, that's going to be pretty exciting. We oh, like- shit, we left Chris Cabot in that car. <laughs> oh, well, he's long dead. He's so hot. <laughs> we didn't even crack the window. Oh, fuck. Ooh. So there's, there's another the news lately, too. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. In the future now. Well, it's in the future. It's oh, in the okay. news now. Hopefully, Ooh, hopefully, yeah. terrible parents stop doing it by the time this airs. Probably not, though. <laughs> and then, don't worry. I remind every. I've reminded everyone about it. <laughs> oh boy! Good Sorry, thing everyone. My face. Good thing everyone's done laughing. The episode's over with. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you can go back to thinking about death. <laughs> so that's it. We got how many more of these? You're, you're up next, pal. Oh, it's me. That's right. I'm not going to leave a hint. I'll say it's from a spooktacular. Ooh, okay. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a hint. Yeah, it's it's a hint. Yeah, it's from one of our spooktaculars. So that's like 12 episodes for you to go through. Well, uh, thank you very much, and we'll see you next week. And by that, I mean in a couple of weeks when we come back from vacation. <laughs>